Welcome to Eterna. Keep your dice rolling, your friends close, your monsters closer, and don't let the old gods bite. This podcast is an Eldritch Dream Games production. A dark fantasy Pathfinder game laced deep with cosmic horror. We'd like to thank our patrons for making these things possible. Brian Bridges, Donald Bewley, Eric S. Pat, Frog Shark, Robin Mims, Thomas Wayne Haley, Rip Rex, and Tim Demuse. We'd also like to honor the memory of Wesley Sullivan. Now, let us listen. All right, so um, just as a, a four point, there is going to be a bit of a time skip uh, from where y'all were last. Give me an approximation. How far between Starlight and Sanguine are we? Uh, about halfway. So are we still in the forest of no- Noctis then? Uh, you are not no longer in the forest, but you are still in Noctis. You are near this mountain range, which I have not named. Okay, and I have a question that it may be a question you want to leave in for listeners at some point. Mm-hmm. All right, so we know that uh, the world is tidal locked, and yes. we're on the dark side. Yes. We also know that there's something akin to seasons because when Adira was leaving Storm Bluff and first heading to Starlight, it was during the rainy season. But are there seasons such as like fall, winter, summer, spring, that kind of thing? Yes, in most places there are. Uh, these are a part of what's called the confluence. Uh, these are the rules that the gods set into the world, which uh, likely over the course of the time that you've spent since the cataclysm, you would know that the confluence is not as well set as it was. Okay, so what kind of seasonal weather are we experiencing at this point? Good question. Right now, it's... For Noctis, it is effectively late spring for Noctis. So it's it's pretty warm. Um Noctis doesn't get super warm, but uh it is not frigid. Okay. Now. But as you are approaching this mountain range, which uh Don, you you've Yo. not you've not had a had too much in in the building of this world. What would you like this mountain range to be called? Oh fuck! Um, ooh, uh, Ironhurst. Ironhurst. All right, and that sounds dwarfy. I think we'll put yeah. some dwarves in them. Cool. And the seasons change from area to area too, so have fun with that. Uh, months in Eterna consist of four eight-day weeks. Um. Uh, so every month is 32 days. There's nothing like our our thing where, you know, some months are this number of days and some months are that number of days. Uh, the calendar for Eterna uh, or Saluna, the Salunan calendar is very axiomatic. It's, it's very mathematically repeatable. So holidays always fall on the same day every year. Uh, unless they are a holiday that just changes days for the fuck of it. Um, if you was born on a Thursday, your birthday's always on a Thursday. Yes. Can Except. I move to Saluna? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's kind of a shithole right now. 
Okay, can I move to Saluna three months ago? <laughs> you you want everything to go to shit in three months? Wait and move after we fix the problem. I figure I'll die before then, so... <laughs> Maybe. Oh, you know what we never did? We never rolled Kamiho's birthday. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. Or Cedar Jacks, uh, so. since we're uh, talking about that. Well, that's that's in 10,000 years. Pull your jet. It'll be the same day. <laughs> it will be the same. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, unless, yeah, unless, unless there's some crazy-ass reformation that happens and some chaotic-ass eternity. The, the, the idea is to hand the uh, hand control of the world back over to the gods so that they can fix it the way they see fit. Oh, great. The gods are known for their forthrightness. Their reasonableness and, and logic and... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can I ask which god made the calendar uh, this way? Um, uh, it was based on, like, it was done uh, together. It was done as a collaboration. Oh, okay. I didn't know if, like, there was one, like, I have no creativity, therefore everything will be the same every year, (laughs) which I I respect, to be honest. You can imagine it was more axiomatic, like a lawful deity that had a heavy hand in doing that, but... There's also a big party all this world that nobody really knows about, and it kind of exploded during the uh, cataclysm. All right, so we need to roll 1d8 for the month. That's going to be an 8. So you were born in the month of Onda, also known as Approach. Onda? Yes, and you were born on on the 9th of Onda. Nice. What day of the week is that? It is Sola, which is effectively Sunday. Uh, the days of the week are Sola, Lun, Gren, Wheel, Fear, Erd, Ard, and Und. Hmm. The months of the year are Ring, Mora, Gren, Sol, Lun, Vod, Hish, and Approach, or Onda. So what month are we in? I'm going to say it is uh, the 5th of Gren, and it is a fur day, or fear day. So after rescuing the people that were trapped in Starlight and sending them on their way, a few had decided to travel with you. These would be Clint, Ariana Grande. Uh. No. <laughs> uh. These would be uh, Clint, the Elven Historian, Aristia, the Asmodian Cleric, Baron Queel, the Ogon Treasure Hunter, mm-hmm. and uh, that, that's pretty much it. These are your new companions as you have decided to travel southward towards Sanguine. Adira in search of her perhaps immortal husband uh, or perhaps not seeking any information she can and meanwhile furthering the quest uh, of the gods uh, to find each of the gods idols so that they may be placed upon the spire to offer control of the world back to them Baron uh, had been seeking something in town and had found it not entirely sure what it was uh, but nonetheless, 
being quite thankful for its procurement with Kumiho's aid. Clint had hoped to both follow the goings-on of what Adira and the party were doing, as well as seeking out what he can to try and aid them in their quest. Aristia may just be along for the ride as she's seeking out another consort of Asmodian clerics in Sanguine, hoping that they will remain there and not be destroyed as they were in the City of Starlight by the strange Shadow Devils. You've been traveling for quite some time at this point, about a month. Southward, you've been making your way, taking the roads that crest around the Ironhurst Mountains. The mountains have come into sight across the horizon, blocking out the stars with their massive forms. And it is here that we will continue uh, as the party is at rest. Camp has been built for the night. You've all become... We don't use camps. And this party, remember? That is correct. Um, It is camping time. And that means that everybody's inside a big fancy mansion. So... You're all safely inside. And you've all become a little more familiar with each other. Uh, There's sort of like a disdain between... Uh, Aristia and Baron for their differences in views and way of doing things. Clint acts as a fine intermediary between everyone, also gathering as much information as he can from what few other travelers you've come across and any ruins or detritus of the cataclysm that you've that you've found as well. But it's during this time that you're all set down, probably eating dinner, uh, when something strange begins to happen. Kumiho, you would perhaps be mildly familiar with what an earthquake is. Um, As in the twilight, uh, the mountains do, at a distance, shift minute amounts with time, sending shockwaves throughout them. Nothing so severe as what is about to happen has ever been apparent to you, nor even heard of, as even within your protected extra-dimensional mansion, the ground begins to shake violently. Things fall from the walls, the tables, and the furniture begins to topple and scoot. Go ahead and make me reflex saves. Uh, 13. 17. All right. So, Kumiho, you fall to the ground, but uh, you don't take any damage. You're just prone, and it it's difficult to stabilize uh, yourself. Can I catch but, him? <laughs> uh, go ahead and make me another reflex save. We'll see. 23? All right. So, with your 23, you happen to be close by enough, and you, you reach out, you grab Kumiho. He kind of like, half falls uh, with the essentially aiding another you you give him you give him a plus two and he he doesn't fall he's shaky on his feet as are you but uh i have my gloves on if that matters um it doesn't uh that that does make it make a small matter oh. um it not to the check 
but in general. Okay, well, I'll, I'll say then uh, when she catches me in her arms, um, he's gotten more, Kumiho's gotten more comfortable with this new traveling companion. They've been traveling for uh, about a month now. So uh, he's been brave enough to let them see his pajamas. <laughs> and they are uh, uh, soft white cotton pajama top and bottom with uh, little gold keys as uh, little symbols all around. <laughs> so, Abadar print. <laughs> he bought it at Modcloth. <laughs> uh how adorable but he he so he literally he legitimately would not have done this until unless he was comfortable before it's just a simple tunic but now that they're all friends and they're literally living out of a um a relic i guess of uh, a symbol of abadar so he's he's comfortable with his traveling companions and you'll notice that Baron also keeps his footing, but both uh, Aristia and Clint have uh, uh, Aristia less so, but Clint seemed very taken off guard and, and has fallen right the fuck over. He's on his back. Uh, and there's uh, shaking and rattling, and uh, both of you would notice that Clint has fallen down next to a... Uh, a bookshelf that has formed for his convenience um and it is it is starting to shake and topple uh kumiho will run right over to uh, write it but as i'm doing this are the invisible servants or whatever affected in any way um they appear as the shaping shaking becomes for more violent they uh dissipate Okay, seeing them dissipate, um, if, if he may, Kumiho run over and uh, brace himself, push against the bookshelf so it doesn't fall on him. All right, go ahead yeah, and... I'll, I'll assist in that. All right, go ahead and both of you make me a strength check. A 17. Six, oh, no, that's my score. Uh, <laughs> uh, 20, not natural. All right, so you both, you get up there, you slam it against the wall uh, and push it kind of away. And, and like at that point you can help Clint up. <clears throat> so the shaking is very intense and it is still happening. What are what are you going to do? Um uh Kumiho shout uh, shout everyone. Everyone move away from the sides. We must brace ourselves. Nothing should be affecting us. This must be something supernatural. So Yeah, uh are there, like what's the what's the thing for earthquakes? You you get in a doorway, a door frame. <laughs> yep. All right. So you all place yourselves in secure locations, and after several minutes, the shocks will lessen, fade, and eventually subside. And then there's an eerie moment where this place that's always been safe and well kept and clean is pretty trashed and just very silent. None of the servants uh, moving around to fetch things or move anything. None of the food placed where it was. Just an uncomfortable, empty silence. I think Adira wants to go outside and see if she can figure out what's going on. Yeah, Kumiho definitely wants to go outside uh, to tend to Sweet Feet. So you both go outside. Uh, Sweet Feet is uh, certainly spooked, um, but I imagine you have him tied off to like a tree or 
mm-hmm. some such structure to secure him. Yep. Um, and you look around. Go ahead and make me perception checks. 19. Uh, 15. All right. Uh, Kumiho, do you have knowledge arcana, knowledge nature, or survival? I have religion and local. All right. Do you have survival? I do. Not a knowledge skill. Okay. Yep. Roll me a survival check. 14. So neither of you notice anything particularly out of place, especially with uh, Gumiho being distracted by uh, trying to calm sweet feet. Uh, do give me a handle animal check or just a charisma check if you're not trained. No, I took handle animal. 16. All right. So you're able to calm sweet feet or sweet foot. Um, feet. Oh, sweet feet. Okay. I double checked. Yeah. Because as I said, it like that isn't it's sweet feet. All right. So you you're able to calm sweet feet. And there's this, you know, you, you've been outside for quite some time and it there's just this uncomfortable stillness in the air, even out here. The animals are quiet. The wind has kind of ceased blowing. There was a nice breeze earlier and it's just gone. There's not a cloud in the sky. Something doesn't feel right. Adira, I'm not familiar with this part of the world. Are you? Do you no. know what this is? I've, I've not familiar with any part of this world. Uh, earthquake? Um. Uh, Adira probably wouldn't know what an earthquake is. Eh, fair enough. Even a natural disaster should not have affected us inside the mansion. This is... This is otherworldly or... Of the gods. That is weird that whatever it is stretched across planes. Could it be a warning? I don't know. But with everything that's going on, I guess it could be just about anything. Uh, we could ask Taraxis. Ah, yes. So, uh... Should just like to the out to the air, just be like, Traxis, babe, you around over here? And he'll step out from the shadows. Hey, sweetie, you know what's going on here? Shall we say that some of your other counterparts are uh, they found one of their items, unfortunately, one that was very much tied to the way that the world works. So, in trying to fix the world, they just broke it? Uh, I guarantee you this one's not trying to fix it. I see. Are you familiar with the name Ravagug? Is that a religion check? And uh, he's appeared before both of us, right? Okay, just want to make sure. Uh, Uh, 20, not natural. 21. All right. So the both of you would know vaguely about Rovagug. Rovagug is one of the gods that were born out of the chaos of the Maelstrom, or, or, or one of the gods born like similarly to like when Asmodeus and uh, Sarenrae and all of them were born. He was so powerful and so destructive that gods that were previously enemies had to come together to trap him 
and prevent his influence as all he would do is destroy everything. And uh, very few people worship him uh, to the best of your knowledges. But all the rough beast, as he's known, desires is the destruction of everything. So this uh, follower that has gotten the artifact, do you happen to know if he's nearby, Terexus? Oh no, he's about as he's about half as far as he could possibly be from you right now. Well, if our paths happen to come near each other, would you let me know he's in the vicinity? If there's nothing interfering. Did you feel any interference during that storm, um, earthquake? Yes, many tangles were formed during that. And there will be many more coming. Well, if this follower is hell-bent or taking this idol because the gods hell-bent on destroying the world, I think if we come anywhere near him, perhaps we should destroy him. Absolutely, without hesitation. It will be a difficult task. The item he's recovered is a weapon. A very significant power. Not impossible, but dangerous to be sure. Well, there's not exactly anything safe facing us, so what's one more danger? <laughs> you have a lot of guts. Well, um, I mean, if this guy gets this idol wherever he needs to get it, and unleashes the rough beast, everything's gone anyhow. All of this is for nothing. A good point. Do we know where this artifact must be taken? Perhaps we could intercept him along the way or her. One of the spies, either the one here on the dark side of the world or the one on the other side, same as your idols. Well. We have to keep looking for ours. We can't stop doing that. But if we come anywhere reasonably within distance of this person. Uh, is there anything you can tell us about this champion of Rovagug? He's powerful. More powerful now. But they don't tend to care for much. It's likely that the only equipment of significance that he will be carrying is indeed the weapon. Well, that is something we're going to have to deal with at some point. And us being representatives of the gods that entrapped him, perhaps we can expect some assistance, some divine... Providence? I don't I don't know. It's it seems it seems unlikely to me. I mean, think about it, Kumiho. If the gods could just pop down here and grab their idols and fix it, they wouldn't need us. That's true. They they gave us all the tools they must have felt we needed to succeed in our mission, so it does I guess it does fall to us to be that last line of defense. 
I mean, now I have no objection if they all just want to pop their happy asses down here and handle this, but they don't seem so inclined. I, I guess our break is over. Shall we load up the caravan? Well, yeah, people should probably start getting ready. Uh, I want to talk to Taraxis for a moment, though, if, if, if that's okay while you're getting stuff done. Yes, of course. Uh, it was nice to see you, Taraxis. Thank you for the knowledge. Of course. And uh, Kumio will bow, uh, pet sweet feet, uh, brush his mane a little bit, then go uh, back inside to uh, soothe the others if they didn't come out, and then just uh, start strapping on his armor. Uh, so uh, Baron would have been standing at the door, but isn't really. Yeah, he's he's still kind of weirded out by the fact that Taraxis talks to y'all and he can't see. <laughs> uh, but other than that, uh, the other two are still inside trying to clean up a little while y'all check things out. So, Taraxis turns to you, dear. And what else it you wanted to talk about? Um, something has been, I guess, bothering me. What might that be? It's been a while now since I uh, attempted to hold your hand. And you want to try again? No, not not at this point. Um, the problem is that I know something happened. There was some exchange, but I can't seem to really remember what I saw or, or put it together in any way that makes sense. That's likely your mind's attempt at preserving. Well, the problem still is I'm still... I'm still trying to figure you out. I I certainly count you as a friend, but I still don't understand what and who you are. It's not important. It's important to me. How am I to be a good friend to you if I don't even understand you? If that's the way you're thinking, and I'm afraid you'll never be that much of one. You can try all you like. Is there nothing I can do to wrap my mind around this? There's a chance, but I don't think you're strong enough yet. Or if you ever will be. That will depend on how things go. I've called you primitive before in the past, and it's accurate. I don't mean it as an insult. I realize that you obviously are a being from a very different type of existence. Uh, I, I would say in many ways, you seem even more advanced than the demons that I've encountered. In many ways, yes. Especially in the fact that I do not need souls to find what they might call nourishment. Even they foolishly think that they do, and they do not. A daemon can exist without 
ever consuming anything. It may drive them quite mad, though. So I guess the question is, is there any chance that I will ever be less primitive? Um, yes. Chances. Chances for quite a few of you, in fact. I wouldn't say the odds are in your favor, though. Doesn't mean I can't try, right? Indeed. Okay. Well, something to work towards, I guess. Is that all? That is all. Berlinadira, I'll see you around. And she will turn around and walk back inside to get dressed for the day. All right. (laughs) She's not giving up, Sean. If you as a DM are thinking she's going to give up on this, she is never giving up on this. Oh, you're good. You're good. And I figure like you've You've dealt with him a little bit more over the past month. The others know about him, yada yada. So, I, I am making some levels of assumptions there. Yeah. But, I mean, like, Adira will talk to him every evening if he has no objections. He's not available every evening. Well, you know what I'm talking about, though. She, like, she considers him a friend. She'll sit chat with him whenever. What happened if there's a difference between a friend and an ally? We have moved past the stage of ally. <laughs> <laughs> you like playing with fire, Sean. <laughs> I I am a slight pyromaniac. Anyway. <laughs> um, when it so, got to the point that she was asking questions like, hey, which direction should these people go or whatnot? And he was aiding her by giving her answers without asking for anything in return. The relationship shifted. Which, in all honesty, but let's be fair here. If Leaf wasn't such a dick to him, he'd probably still be asking you for shit. But Leaf is a raging asshat to Taraxis. There was one point, one moment where he tried, and then the, the Silver Flame fucked that up. So, <laughs> And then he decided to trust the Silver Flame instead of Taraxis. I'm not so. saying that Taraxis views her in the same way. Right. I'm speaking from Adira's perspective. She counts him as a friend. Okay. I've mentioned nothing about Taraxis's perspective on the matter. Uh, <laughs> so, you get ready and continue on. Yeah, Taraxis is just like, oh, look at this cute little puppy. She, she thinks she's important. <laughs> Uh, so do you share any of this additional information with, uh, your party? Uh, I think Adira would straight away talk to Clint and tell him about the, the, uh, artifact by, uh, being gotten by, uh, Rovagug, is that how you say it? Rovagug, yeah. Um, Rovagug, Rovagug. By his champion and the danger that presents because uh, she's of the firm belief that uh, all of this needs to be recorded. If if they succeed, there needs to be a record of it. Right. So uh, do, do you like pull him off to the side and be quiet about it or do you just say it in front of everybody? No, uh, she okay. just comes straight out with it. So uh, Clint 
would would seem to show some level of recognition and therefore horror uh, at the mention of Ravagug. Um, but uh, it is from behind you uh, with Aristia that comes uh, a more shocked sound. What did you say? Do I need to repeat myself? There's a champion of Ravagug running around as well. Yes, and evidently they have their artifact. And now things are going haywire. The rough beast can't be allowed to escape. I am aware of that. I think if it's not any issue with the rest of you, we should spend as much time as we can, as quickly as we can, making our way to Sanguine. Other people need to know about this. Well, from the way it sounds, most people are not going to be able to take this man on now that he's in possession of the artifact. Uh, Taraxis is going to let us know if we come with anywhere near him. Right now, he seems to be virtually on the other side of the world or some shit. Uh, Very far away, anyhow. So uh, we still have to try to counteract this with their own artifacts as well. But if we come within proximity to him, there will be a fight. Uh, Adira. Mm-hmm. You once told me your former traveling party had a penchant for going after these loose ends. Yes. Perhaps we stay focused on our charge and we somehow get word to them to have them intercept this Rovagug champion. Well, I don't know if I'd send them off to intercept it because they need to get their idols as well. But it certainly wouldn't hurt if we could get word to them to warn them to watch for him. And there are more of them than they are of us. But uh, I don't know how we would even contact them. We're not even sure where they're at. Hmm. If you can give me some more information about them, I can, uh, once again, hoping that there's still a conclave in Sanguine, I can try and spread the word through them. They'll spread the word to other conclaves and perhaps they'll happen by sometime. I mean, we could certainly attempt it, but these are not the kind of people that would have anything to do with followers of Asmodeus. We are used to requiring ourselves to be hidden at times, so such a delivery could be done surreptitiously. I suppose that would work. Uh, right now, Kumiho's uh, picking up books for Clint and saying, I'm so sorry, my friend. You you had just gotten them all alphabetized, too. This is a travesty. Oh, uh, no, it's, it's, it's quite all right. Uh, thank you, though. Kumiho. I realize I have to put them back in the vault now anyway, so I suppose it's not all for naught. Well, as far as it goes, Aristia, uh, they're not difficult to know when they're in the area because there will be a man running around saying his name over and over and over. <laughs> uh, so if they come into a town, the the people will know it. Uh, but uh, I, I can give you all that information. I would appreciate that. I can pass on the information once again with any luck. 
And we have a rather vast means of communication throughout the world. The conclaves tend to be relatively small, but we have a central hub in the twilight. All right. Well, if you want to, I guess, come with me while I get changed, I will share that information with you. Very well. And she will follow you as you get yourself equipped. Uh, Kumiho, you and Clint uh, put away the books. Clint uh, picks through before y'all finish uh, grabbing a few books uh, that he thinks may help him uh, find anything out about Ravagug or perhaps this this artifact, if there's any mention of it anywhere. I was literally about to ask him that if you had before you said that. So that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Oh, Clint, Clint knows his uh, his niche in the group is information. So he he is doing what he can. Uh, it's no guarantee that it will uh, help. Uh, he's a smart boy. Mm-hmm. He, he, he is the smart boy. All right. So he's going to get a knowledge religion check with. Uh, plus two. But as far as uh, uh, this information for Aristia, she's just given her a general description of the party members of the of the guild cloaks they wear. Okay. And and their <laughs> and their names. Um, uh, like she's she's not like delving real deep into it with her, just just identifying information. Uh, she will uh, scribe it upon a uh, a scroll uh, to take clear and concise note. And then uh, we will be passing a little bit more time if you've got anything in specific. Uh, Baron doesn't really know what the hell's going on, but he also kind of leaves that to y'all because uh, he's got his own thing that right. he cares about. I think mostly Adira is trying to puzzle out in her mind. She spends a lot of time thinking, basically, on her mm-hmm. downtime. She's trying to puzzle out, trying to, to gather anything she can from what little sporadic memory she has from her interaction with Traxxas. And she's All also right. trying to figure out why Clint's memories have become so embedded and if there's anything she can do about that. All right, and are you doing this all like uh, internally, or are you like interacting if, with everybody else, asking them if they have any knowledge? Like, or if if Clint has any like books on the subject or anything, uh, she would do some research. She would probably talk to him about it. It's his fucking memory she's got embedded in her head, uh, and you know, discuss the subject with him. Okay, so he he's got, um, of course, the knowledge of his own memories. Um, but he doesn't have much on the way of books regarding psychic phenomena. Right. Uh, there, he, he has some books on magic that, uh, regard psychic magic, but not really. And I, I think any little places they go through that, that she would check any like bookstores or anything like that too, for anything that might relate. All right. So go ahead and give me a will save just from the, uh, um, or you can attempt self hypnosis too, uh, if you would like. Uh, which skill is that based off of? 
or not a perception, uh, diplomacy, I think. Then we should probably go with that because I have much better chance of doing something good with that. Okay. Ah, 20, not, uh, not natural. Okay. Uh, cause I get an extra plus two when using my psychic abilities. <laughs> yep. And you also grant plus two by being willing. Uh, oh, skill. then 22. So you, you find yourself unable uh, to hypnotize yourself today. Okay. So we'll call it uh, a day passing. And uh, go ahead and everyone make me perception checks. Uh, you can also make a survival uh, Kumiho. Uh, okay, perception is still higher for me. It'd be a 17 perception. 22. All right, so you would notice uh, something strange on that second day, uh, af- or that day after the quake, Kumiho. You look up in the sky, trying to, uh, you know, just as time is passing, you look up. And, you know, you're certain you haven't moved you know, very much to the uh, to the east. But the moon is in ever so slightly a uh, different position, uh, ref- which would reflect you moving greatly to the east. Um, but, so we're like, traveling? the mountains are still in the horizon and everything. Like, yeah, you're still traveling. Um, I'm like, so like mid-travel, he's uh, on three feet and he looks up just stargazing you know it's kind of on autopilot right now as they're trudging along and you'll look up that's funny Hmm. the location of the moon it's wrong it's in the sky that's a good place for it to be yes but I don't know if it's because of what we experienced but I, I spent a lot of time on this side of the world, and I, I know the moon. I know her movements. Or Something lack thereof. That, or lack thereof. Uh, Clint, uh, any of you, are you familiar with this phenomenon? Does this look off to you as well? Um, the others will take a look. So Baron looks up. And he's like squinting. He's like, "Hey, you know what? You're you're right. It's it's not where it ought to be, or either that, or we're not where we ought to be." But I mean, we've just stayed on the road, and uh, everything seemed fine. Uh, at this, uh, Kumiho is going to uh, look to the mountains and hold his hand up and. Uh use a little trick he learned from Pinterest to determine distance by using his hands against the horizon and uh, do a survival check to see if maybe I can unlock something. All right. <laughs> no, seven. <laughs> uh, you're unable to tell uh, how how far, if at all, you've drifted from the mountains. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> Clint will um, pull out of his pack a map that You've all referenced at some point or another, and uh, he he will uh, attempt to use it in a useful way. 
Oh, uh, you're both quite right. This isn't... Something's wrong. We're on this road here, and we're nowhere far east enough for it to have made that shift. Uh, hell, we'd be in Voidosa if we were. A product of the Rovagug champion acquiring their idol? Perhaps. It's worrisome. If the moon leaves, those of us that rely on the light it provides will be uh, in quite a worse spot. Uh, referring to your map, are we near any settlements? Perhaps we should consult some library or a, a wise man. By, by my estimates, uh, let me see. We should be a few days away from a a village. It's not labeled, but there's a symbol here. Atira, do you mind if we make a detour, or should we ride hard for Sanguine? I mean, it's it should be on the road. Off, yeah, as we say, as long as it's on the road, it's not really a detour. And we likely, uh, given that it's not even named, it's it's possibly it's even just an inn, but uh, there's usually a few people that live around such places. And uh, Kamiho will just kind of keep looking up as they travel throughout the uh, never-ending night and uh, contemplate what the hell could be going on. All right, so go ahead and Kamiho, since you're keeping an eye on it, keep give me another perception check. Oh, nice. Uh, 23. All right, so you realize after a while that, you know, just with neck drift and whatnot, that... Uh, you're not going to see much just staring at the moon. It's not like suddenly shifting or anything. Mm -hmm. But you turn your eyes to the horizon uh, <clears throat> over which the, uh, the the stars hang over the mountains. And at one point, you all stop just for a short period, probably about an hour or so uh, to, to eat and rest and water the horse. Um... And you, you find a spot to sit where you can be kind of constant and unmoving. And something you've never seen while holding still happens. Some of the stars vanish into the darkness of the mountains. Uh, uh, Kumiho are going to start in... Uh, uh, I think he'll, be, uh, he'll have laid on the uh, caravan just on the cabin, just laying flat, stargaze, just pondering it, and then starting to see the lights go out. He'll hop up, point up. There, there, you see. Stars. They're not there anymore. Uh, what are you on about the stars do, disappearing? Do you have any star charts in there, in the, in the, in your library? Um, uh, I, I think I, have a couple, but uh, they would be in the in the vault at the moment. He'll uh, dig into his uh, armor, pull out the key, hop down, and then uh, insert it into the air and have the uh, palace, uh, the mansion, uh, materialize. And he'll run in straight for the vault and just start looking on the spines. Uh, what was it called? What's its name? Uh, it, it won't be a book. Uh, yeah, uh, he'll he'll shuffle around and he pulls out a box. Uh, it's long and narrow. And he'll open it, and inside are a few rolled up uh, large pieces of 
Vellum, and he will pull one out and be like, uh, yes, yes. Uh, and this one's for well, near the center. All of these should work, I suppose. Um, and he'll just pull one out and go into the dining room. So, according to the map, we are here. This star chart is relative to location, so... Uh, yeah, and he starts making some light marks with, uh, with a bit of charcoal. And then heads outside. So, yes, yes. So as he's, like, holding it, and he's gonna... Kamir's gonna have him hold it up into the sky above his head, and he's gonna look at it in, uh reference uh, the map and then kind of look to the edge and try and uh, make sense of constellations look for are there are uh, constellations uh, uh, not I'm sure they're a thing but are they do you have named constellations I do not have named constellations oh. uh, they would actually be if there are named constellations for Galarian they would actually be similar okay uh, not necessarily but probably Sure, that's fine. Because uh, it's the same star system. It's just a different uh, world, different culture. Gotcha. Yeah, definitely not trying to poke holes in your lore. I'm just uh, looking at that, and then he's just going to look and see. um, And some of them are missing from the map, right? Or missing from the sky versus the map? Uh, Yes. Um, After a few moments, Clint will make an adjustment. He'll say... According to this, we are here, and he'll he'll reference back to the other map, and it shows that you should actually be significantly east, like almost near the dark spire. Um, and as this doesn't make sense, what could what could be going on? I have it the foggiest. And even based on my previous calculations, we we went this far east. This is... Something's not right. Something's not right at all. It's almost like the world is moving. Well, there's one way easy enough to tell if we're where we're supposed to be, if that village is where... If we're on the right road, going the right direction, then we come across the village. If we don't, then we know we're not where we're supposed to be. Yes, uh, we should find some landmark. And that is the nearest one other than the mountains themselves. Uh, But that would be quite a trickier trek, I imagine. And Aristia chimes in. I'm not sure what's going on, but I don't like this. Things are changing and something doesn't feel right. Do we have a, like, alleged feeling? Like, do we still feel unease? Like, it's not like some sort of metaphysical feeling of unease, but there's definitely, like, almost like a physical, like, something is not quite right, but it's so almost imperceptible that you can't put your finger on it. So yeah, there just, there is this feeling of an unease. You're just not quite sure what's happening. Uh, he'll uh, dismiss the mansion, I guess. Uh, we must ride on. 
I would suggest our next meal be taken on the backs of the horses. Yeah, keep pushing until we can't push. Let's let's try to get this. Can we force march on horses? Is that a force march as a pathfinder thing, right? I will I will say yes. Technically, by the rules, it kills them in like an hour, which is stupid. Oh, jeez. Oh, okay. Uh, the step below that. <laughs> yeah. No, I I'll I'll allow it. Like y'all y'all can keep going. Y'all can't I I don't think y'all would be able to hustle and force march at the same time, but you can definitely force march and just keep on going. Okay. Um so you push on uh making decent time. The day passes, all of your eyes are on the sky and more stars disappear behind the mountains. The moon moves ever so more slightly over. And over the course of the next couple of days, uh, Adira, you can go ahead and try to hypnotize yourself again. No. (laughs) Okay. I rolled a four. Okay. Do it one more time. Okay, so that's uh, 29 plus 2 for being willing, so 31. Uh, so yes, you will successfully hypnotize yourself, and you can use the recall memory ability. Um, if you do. All right, and go ahead and make me an intelligence check with a plus 4 bonus. With a plus 4 bonus. Twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Sixteen. So, um, are you doing this in private? Yeah, this is something she would be doing when, whenever, like she would they they retired for the night or that kind of thing. All right, uh, Kumiho, I need mm-hmm. you to make me a perception at a minus ten. Okay, nine. <laughs> nine. Okay, so. Kimiho, like you, your eyes open. You're not entirely sure. Maybe you heard something, but you're not quite aware of what. Uh, but you have woken up. But it's sort of like that delayed reaction, like where you know, like, was like you kind of question, was there a sound or did I just wake up? Gotcha. Okay. Uh, he'll, uh, and we're writing as this is happening. No, this would be while y'all were actually resting. Okay, so, okay, I didn't know if, like, we fell asleep on our horses sort of thing. Okay, uh, he'll, uh, he'll roll, he'll roll over, um, unhitch the, uh, the riding up pajama top and, uh, curl back up and go back to bed. And just kind of grumble. Okay. So, Adira, you are semi-aware of what is happening you were able to effectively peer in into your memory but still uncontrolled unable to grasp it uh you fell to the ground and began convulsing yeah that's about, not surprising. about 20 seconds later uh there's a knock at the door um after there's no response for a moment, uh, the door will crack open and you will see uh, Baron and he sees you on the on the floor. He rushes forward uh, 
Uh, you hear him shout, though you can't really understand what he's saying. Kumiho, this time you would definitely hear something. Uh, you hear you hear Baron's voice. Hey, hey. Ooh, uh, hey, at, at that he'll, he's not going to put his. He won't have time to put armor on. Just quickly grab his uh, weapon and uh, run out to the sound. Uh, so you follow it down the hallway to uh, where Adira's room is. The doors swung open, and you can see inside. Uh, Baron ha- has like her her head like propped up, and uh, she is, Adira is just convulsing, foaming at the mouth. Uh, her eyes like kind of like rolling back, coming back uh, to to bear, and then like rolling back again. Uh, Adira, Adira, and he'll he'll run over and uh, uh, I feel Kumiho smart enough to do like what you're supposed to do. Uh, go ahead and make me a heal check. Okay. Oh, uh, do I? I, ooh, I don't think I have. Oh, I do. Oh, that's one of my higher ones. Uh, Sixteen. Sixteen. So you you would know uh, how like how to position her, put her on her side, and yeah, uh, all the appropriate things that I've forgotten the rest of. Um, but Adira, um, at the same time. Uh, let's see. Is she wounded? Like, is there any sort of... Uh, She doesn't look particularly harmed. She might have a bruise in the morning uh, from falling, but uh, she doesn't look particularly harmed. So, um, Adira, um, Baron, uh, in the heat of the moment, I'm sure that everyone at this point knows not to touch you on your skin, but, uh, Baron, in the heat of the moment, wasn't thinking about it. And uh, when he came over to you, um, he did touch you, like, on the arm uh, and and the neck as he was trying to support you. And by the time Kumiho arrived, Kumiho comes in, he begins to support you, uh, likely with his health check and uh, familiarity, taking a little more precaution. Uh, But uh, you will begin to uh, see flashes of another vision intermingled with uh, what's overloading your mind at the moment. You see, from the perspective of what you assume is a child, uh, short, uh, running through a street in a place that's quite beautiful uh, given that the clouds overhead cascade down this warm orange light. And the streets, they don't seem to be of a particularly wealthy place, but they're colorful, decorated. There's people all over. They seem relatively jovial, if nothing else. You're breathing heavily, running through the street, ducking between people, hopping over things. You come out into a square. There's a large festive looking sort of like almost like a wicker man esque thing. Uh, wicker sculpture. I'll put it that way. A wicker, large wicker sculpture uh, with a sconce at the top of it placed in the middle of the square. People are being loud, drinking, having fun. Uh, you're not entirely sure uh, what's going on, but uh, you're looking for someone. 
and you see a blue snake sort of slithering amongst the crowd. Nobody seems to pay it any mind, but you follow it. And you hear the sound of a young baron laughing. Meanwhile, uh, Kumiho, um, you arrive, you begin to support it here, and he's just like, I don't know what's going on. I was trying to help. And he falls over and starts convulsing. Uh, okay. He's going to finish tending to Adira, you know, propping a pillow behind her back so she stays positioned uh, just right. Um, and he'll start tending to uh, Clint. Not Clint. Baron. Or Bar- Baron. Sorry. I, I was reading the word Clint as I was. Yeah. Baron. He will start uh, tending to Baron. Do you need me to do a heel check on him? Uh, no, you you have the knowledge with your previous heel check, so okay, um, it's, it's the same thing, man. Yeah, that, that was a heel as a knowledge. Um, oh, I see. Uh, so <laughs> at this point, uh, Aristia and and Clint both run in as there's a ruckus, and are like, "What's going on?" I I don't know. Baron uh, uh, was made aware that Adira was in distress and tended to her but then he fell down just stay back don't don't touch we could be contagious it could be passable i don't i don't know just are you are you feeling well is everyone okay i need water get me water yes yes i'm 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 fine uh did did he touch her did he touch her is it uh, he yes he was tending to her yeah he must have that, he must have that may be why whatever's happening to her if it's in her mind it may have passed on to him here, uh, cover him, and and just uh, he he like takes off his 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 robe and uh, oh. he's in his skivvies, but uh, <laughs> and then he he like wraps it around, kind of kind of like around Baron. We don't know if the the ability would pass it on as a chain, but better safe than sorry. I just keep her, keep her well. Ar- Aristia, do you have any any means of calming them at all? She shakes her head. And she says, I, "I haven't got anything like that prepared. It would take some time for me to pray." Uh, it's like, well, uh, let's give it a shot, just in case. If they keep doing this for too long, it could well kill them. Um, and she will begin to, she will, she will begin to pray. Uh, but before her prayers are complete, uh, both Baron and Adira will cease their seizures. Uh, Baron is unconscious, and Adira, you are dazed so heavily that uh, you're barely coherent. Did she actually see anything, though, uh, uh, from Terex's side? Not much that you could make sense of. There were strange shapes and impossibilities of how things are. There's... Go ahead and make me an intelligence check. 17. Go ahead and make me a perception. Uh, 18 plus 6? I don't... 24. Don't math. Okay, thank you. All right, so... <clears throat> you have a moment where there's something that you feel like you can recognize. Uh, it looked like a tree, or maybe something like a tree. You're not really sure. But it changed. It, it it was very odd. There were 
there were points where you saw it where it was a young tree, points where you saw it where it was old, points where it was some sort of liquid. You, you have this understanding that it's the same object, though it at no point resembles itself with even the slightest what you assume is motion. And that's all you really get out of it. That's all you can retain from this. Okay. Baron is still unconscious. Clint is over you. He's, uh, at this point, uh, decent himself a little bit more with, uh, with a nearby uh, sheet. But uh, uh, Kumiho is uh, sitting over you, um, his hand padded by uh, by a cloth, but otherwise still resting on you. And Baron lays behind you, and you're not entirely sure what this scene is. Well, being that she had convulsed last time she saw this, could she make the assumption that it's happened again, or... Is she too far gone for that? I think she's maybe a little far gone uh, to realize that she was convulsing. It's almost like she's waking up from a stupor, not even a not even sleep, but a a complete and utter stupor. She her head is foggy. Um, It's like me when I'm half asleep and nothing makes sense. when the the mouse is the remote and Josh isn't in the living room because you asked me to get you what tea water oh water. yeah it was water I remember this episode <laughs> and to be fair we don't know that it was Josh you just said he oh could have been me Paraxis wasn't in the living room but it everything makes about that much sense like you know you think you know what you're doing or what you might be saying but it's not necessarily super coherent. Uh, at Kumiho, she begins to stir. Uh, he'll crouch down uh, beside her, uh, keeping his hands off. Does Kumiho... We've been traveling for a little over a month now. Do you want to... Uh, instead of just metagame, uh, he'll just lean down. Um, Adira, here, have some water. <laughs> I'm gonna go right to sleep. It's, it's cool. Uh, okay, and he'll uh, just watch her. Is she rising at all? No, like like the stupor she's in. She just thinks she's in bed. Mm-hmm. She didn't. She didn't want to wake up yet. Okay. Okay. Five more minutes, and then you have to drink this water. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clint's like Adira. Are you all right? Mm-hmm. Why is why is everybody in my room? You were convulsing. You were you were having an episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it's like to deal with me. <laughs> this whole podcast is catharsis. <laughs> Uh, Adira, hmm? Adira, you're you're not you're not sleeping. You you were you were just. I know out. you keep talking. Come come to. Hello. Did you I, make I coffee? No, I I don't think she realizes what's happened. 
Uh, maybe the, the smell of tea will rouse her. I, I don't think I have any coffee. Um, tea! And he'll shout for the invisible servants to bring tea. A moment later, one will shuffle into the room with a with a little tray with a with a with a carafe and and some teacups. Yeah, he'll he'll pour uh, Camille will pour it uh, in there and uh, hold it near uh, Adira's face and kind of lightly breathe on it to blow it and waft his hand <laughs> over it. <laughs> Just like you looking s- around. To you smell tea. All right, all right. I'll get up. And she'll kind of start trying to sit up. As soon as you start trying to be active, things start kind of coming around. Like, you realize you're not in bed. You realize that Baron is laying on the ground next to you. Like, I'm assuming uh, she's in a lot of pain like she was last time. Yes, she When she tries to move. Hurts. So, like, when she tries to sit up, she'll just be like, oh, motherfucker. Not this again. And... The pain kind of starts clarifying things for you. It's a few seconds still, but uh, things start coming around. Your your brain snaps out of it. God damn it. Yeah, I, I made you some tea, Adira. Mm, thank you. Clint, where are your clothes? <laughs> uh, we didn't know if there would be a chain reaction with Baron, so I covered him. And uh, as you turn your attention to Baron, uh, you would see that uh, Clint's cloak is placed over uh, the bulk of his body. Oh, shit. This is not good. Do you have these often? Um, no, this not often. (sighs) Shit. Okay. Do you need some fresh air? No, I'm trying to think if there's anything we can do for Baron. This is not good. This could kill him. Uh, at, at this, he's going to uh, uh, leave Adira's side and frantically uh, start looking over Baron. I didn't know it was as serious as all that. Is this, is this, is there anything we can do? What, what did you do before? You said this has happened before? It's happened to me. It's not happened to anybody else that I'm aware of. This is what happens when you try to make sense out of, well, Traxxas. Traxxas did this? No, Traxxas didn't do this. My ability to touch somebody and and see inside them and did this because he is a very, very advanced being and I'm not that advanced. I have a, a tiny, tiny... T90 little leg up in in the whole thing because I'm I'm not of the material plane and I have a understanding of of some some things but Baron doesn't and so I mean technically I guess it could kill me as well but it's not as likely but with Baron he, he fuck why did he touch me. I think I'm I'm certain it was only to aid you. He was worried about you. We're all worried. I am I'm very worried. So you you thought yourself into this state? Basically, yes. I'm I'm trying to understand something that is difficult, but if not impossible. Is it is it worth it to you to put yourself at such risk? What is what could be so important that you would risk 
your life. I am trying to understand something that that I need to understand. I can't explain it to you. I just it's something I need to understand. Have you always had this compulsion? Well, no, because I didn't know there was something I didn't understand. I, I can't. <sighs> Taraxis is a being from from somewhere beyond anything we know. Yes, I gathered that by like, like the size you, of him. You know, you 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 see other beings and you can go, oh, it's from the plane of Abaddon, or oh, that's that's a the being from heaven, or whatever. Taraxis isn't like that. He's beyond all that. And I'm trying to understand that. I think we can rule out he's not from heaven. <laughs> but whatever he is, wherever he's from, the it's near impossible to make sense of it because we are rather primitive and compared to him. And so you do you do you always search for this answer at night when we go to bed? A lot of the time, yes. I, I'm trying to understand it, trying to figure it out. There, if there is something beyond what we know, I want I want to know about it. Well, have you made any progress? Mm-hmm. I saw a tree that wasn't a tree, but was a tree, but wasn't a tree. I'm, I'm, I don't understand. And I, Precisely. I don't want to think myself into a, a seizure. No, you, you can't. <laughs> it's because Traxxas's memories are actually inside of me. Uh, did he, he infected you with his No, <laughs> no. Oh, okay. How did- uh, Kumio, she, um, she's capable of exchanging memories as she has most of mine as I have some of hers and I imagine Baron uh, through the contact ended up showing her a memory but she happened to pass on what she was experiencing this sounds like an affliction this sounds like like it needs to be stopped do you often wonder about Adira's memories do you Dwell on them. I try not to. Uh, many of them are quite horrible. I, I I tried to show you as much of of the relevant history as I could. I've tried to avoid too much of the horrible stuff. Yes, uh, even uh, your predecessors' memories. Uh, while there were plenty of good parts, uh, it was quite she- bad up near the end. Yeah, she's not the best person. I suppose we we should probably transport Baron. Uh, I know that it's your ability that allows this, but just in case, I think we should not touch his skin for the time being until we know more. We should uh, put yes. him back in his bed. Yes, and he'll uh, snap his fingers. No, put him, put him in the bed here in my room. I'll sleep on the couch. That way, I have can stay close by in case he comes to he needs to be watched like six of the shadow servants come in and they like struggle to lift him and put him on the bed do they grunt (laughs) (laughs) 
No, they they don't make noise really. Um, okay, but they are extremely weak, so it's. Uh, oh, I them. see. Okay. Uh, but but they are able to do it. Uh, between the six of them, <laughs> you get him on the bed. Like Adira will will grab her gloves to put on. She doesn't normally sleep in them, so she'll grab her gloves to put on and make sure he's like all tucked in and comfortable and whatnot. And uh, make sure that the servants have like a pitcher and a glass with water nearby for if he comes to. And uh, she, she's just going to like whatever little couch or anything, whatever's in her room, she's going to pull over by the bed to sleep on so she can stay nearby and keep an eye on him. All right. Uh, Kumio will help her move the couch over and apologize. I, I apologize. I do not have one of the bed dividers that you often see in situations where you need to separate yourself. Are, are, will you be okay for the rest of the night? Yeah, I'm I'm fine now. Uh, just sore, sore as fuck, but that's, uh, I've figured out before that that's a after effect of having seizures. I feel muscles were uh, under quite heavy stress for a number of minutes. You likely basically ran a marathon in five minutes. I'm not real concerned about that. That'll that'll wear off. I'm more concerned about keeping an eye on him. As am I. Uh, and uh, I'll see if I can figure out anything to help with him. Uh, Arisia, um, if you wouldn't mind, uh, I could use your help uh, as you have some magics. Uh, yes, I will see to that. Kumiho does a little bit of, of magic as well. Yes, what do you need? Perhaps uh, I would hope that a spell of some kind of restoration might help. But uh, I also need to look into it and see what possibilities we have, what options. See if I have anything on medical responses to uh, such seizures. As would a restoration spell help? I'm unsure, but if it's hurt his mind, it may. I don't have it at the moment, but I can prepare it tomorrow. If if it is what if it will help, I can prepare it as well. Then perhaps. Uh, we we give that a shot tomorrow if there's no sign of improvement in the morning. For now, I think we need to keep an eye on him. He doesn't look injured, but I imagine he'll feel no better than Adira. I'll be here when he wakes up. Just uh, let them get their rest so they'll be able to prepare their spells. Of course. Please. I will be in the main hall uh, reading if you need me. And Aristia will kind of nod to everybody and head off to her room. Clint will motion as he leaves. Uh, and one last you know, look between the two of them. I will help you figure this out as much as I can, but I, I must admit I'm 
quite out of my element with this sort of mind magic. Oh, I don't think it's magic, but... uh... Taraxis hasn't helped you understand maybe a little better? There's nothing he can do to help me understand better. He, He knows I'm trying to understand it, and he says there is a small chance that one day I might be able to. He doesn't impress upon you the dangers of putting yourself through such a process? He doesn't need to. I know the dangers. Very well. I will prepare the spells necessary, and I I hope it'll do some good. Well, I I hope so. I... He shouldn't have touched me. No, uh, apparently not, and it's a hard lesson, but I one I will learn from as well. Oh, get your rest so you'll be able to prepare the spell. Um, I'll keep an eye on you. And uh, he'll he'll bow, turn and walk away. And something I haven't mentioned before, uh, Kumiho has two tails. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just realized I was I was making sure like you know, when we were talking about spells, I was like, I wonder if I have something I could help. Uh, yeah, uh, a feat I took gave me an, an extra tail with uh, some magical ability. So um, so as he's walking around, he's got a a, a newer hole ripped into the trouser of his. Uh, key pajamas and he just walks back to his uh, bedroom and he got that double sh- swoosh going on yep <laughs> next thing you know he's gonna have a biplane and temporary natural <laughs> flight I just need a pair of goggles <laughs> <laughs> and he'll uh, he'll see to everyone else make sure everyone gets to sleep he'll poke his head out uh, outside to check on sweet feet and uh, the, the I keep calling it a caravan but what's the, the uh, wagon there's a wagon yeah, there's carriage a, or whatever that's yeah he'll uh, just peek out there um look up look again up at the stars in the sky is it uh vastly different again it's not vastly different but there's you know there's been some time pass and like this was the middle of the night and you can tell that a few more stars have disappeared over the horizon okay he'll kind of grumble, huff, and just shake his head, not understanding much of anything anymore. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The last month has just opened his mind to so many different things, and he's just, I don't understand. It's None of this makes sense anymore, but these are the times, and he'll go back to his uh, room and go to sleep. Adira's going to lay there on the couch, uh, to 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 rest and sleep, uh, but she's going to with her with her gloves on, put, put place one of her gloved hands over kind of like on Baron's arm or something, so that if he moves, she'll be aware of it. All right, then time fades from the middle of the night to when you would awake, and we'll see you next time on Terexian Nights. Hi there. 
My name's Don. I'm a proud patron of this podcast you just listened to. I'd like to take a moment to talk about some of the projects that I work on. When I'm not listening to Tracy, Sean, and the rest of the gang tell wonderful stories using the Pathfinder rules, I like to make podcasts of my own. I'm the GM in the Starfinder homebrew adventure Hexgrid Heroes. On the other side of the GM screen, I play Cory in Pokemon Seicho and Peleus in Ashes and Allomancy. I also like to sit around and talk with my friends about how horror movies can be used in a haunted house setting, and for that, check out Fountain of Fear. All of these podcasts can be found at hexgridheroes.com. Good day. This is Dick Horney, inviting you to explore the world of Dustress, a unique homebrew setting within an Elder's Dream Games universe. Come along as the Hive Queen leads a gambler, Cowboy motherfucker with six shooter. I ain't never moved cattle in my life. I am a gambler. A Native American. He he doesn't have a lifetime of eating processed food, so he probably is actually quite regular. And a Detroit teenager. Okay, so we're rolling into elves, aliens, and troll dolls. Through discovery of new magical abilities, struggle with the reality of unknown gods, and maybe learn a little bit about themselves along the way. Visit Eldritch Dream and Dustress Podcast on Twitter for details. They took to the stars and became stars. So it says here you're from another galaxy? Yeah, Milky Way. I don't think I'm ever going to get used to seeing that. A band that influenced entire galaxies. Sector 8, let's make some... Until their inevitable downfall. Fuck you, and fuck you too, Switzerland. Thanks for having my fucking back. Now, 20 years later, they find themselves unpleasantly reunited. James, what are you doing here? We're an entire motherfucking galaxy, and you show up on this place. In a place where things are not what they expected. One of our staff members just happened to go missing this morning, and uh, I kind of had... Travis? I understand. Why the uh, fuck do you have a guitar? LCP D&D presents Odyssey, a musical actual play adventure set in space using the Savage World system. Listen in by searching for LCP D&D on your favorite podcast platform or find us at lcpdnd.com. Welcome, Forsaken Travelers. Do you like sci-fi fantasy atmosphere? Do you like bad, scary movies, cult classics, and more? The Crow, Beetlejuice, Frankenstein? What about dad jokes? We have those, too. Tune in to the podcast for the Untimely Dead every other Sunday on your favorite podcast app. We'll see you there. If you would like to become a patron, check us out on patreon.com forward slash Eldritch Dream. Also, if you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. You can also find us in the Hive, that's our Discord, link in the description below. You can also find a link to our merch on sonerdware.com. And find us on Twitter, at Eldritch Dream, at Eterna P, and at Dustress Podcast. And until next time, everybody... May the Elder Gods haunt your dreams.